0: Welcome. (sighs) God. (laughs) This is where video's good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already
1: fucking spent
0: and we
1: haven't even started. Welcome to a new episode of Bangcom Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. Rejoined. Rejoined by Chef Michael Beltran. Nick and Company. Nick, sorry. Rejoined by Enco. And Company, yeah. Um, I like how you don't want to go with my abbreviation. This co? is like, yeah, She's you don't like dumb.
0: Co. Just say Company and Company. Get the fuck out of here. Ugh.
1: All right. So, uh, on this episode of the podcast, we are going to We're bring We're going to you... talk about how bad your coffee is. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus. I drank a cup of the coffee. What are you talking about? You didn't drink at all. Look at how much coffee's left in your cup. Man, I'm going <laughs> to fuck you up on Yelp when you're out of here. <laughs> all right. Uh, two stars. Yeah. i Give giving you an extra one just to be nice. Okay, no, we're going to talk about uh, how things have been for you over the last week. So it's been roughly a week since we had a conversation with you. At that point, you basically had like just started uh, pickup at Ariat. Yes. Uh, Cantina had just kind of gotten going Yes, at Chugs. Um, so we're going to sort of bring people up to speed today. We are recording this. Wednesday, March twenty fifth, I think I think we're a full week into the uh, shutdown of dine in restaurants Correct. in Dade County. Yeah, roughly Miami Dade County maybe a little more than a week, because it started like it was really, really on a Monday or a Sunday, right? No.
0: I mean we operated, we were uh, there was people dining in the restaurant on Monday and Tuesday last week.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do, a word from our sponsor, La Caja China. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by La China. Chef Michael Beltran, what is a china? Well, let me tell you about La Cajacina, everyone. La Cajacina is the ultimate pig
0: roasting box. It's your one-stop shop for all things pig roasting. And
1: maybe also roasting other things. You can also roast vegetables. Oh, nice. You- <laughs> La caja was established in 1987. They're a family-run business made right here in the U.S. And, A, hey, Mike, seriously, though, explain the Cahachina. The Cahachina is the
0: ultimate box for roasting pigs. No, seriously, though, I, I've been using the for a long time. I've been friends with the family forever and a day. They do an incredible job at – they really, like, they created a product – that maximizes the whole idea of the pig roasting box so basically it even says like instructions on the side of the box for the people that really like they just it makes it hard to mess it up like size of the pig that you're roasting how long you should be roasting it you know etc etc but on top of that they have other things and features that you can add on to the box that you know you could do extra things like you know i've with the grill attachment on top, I've grilled a 26-pound snapper before for a party. It was, I was an ambitious move, but it worked. Um, and I have roasted, like, several vegetables inside or on the coals, et cetera. I mean, you could do a lot of stuff with it as long as you're paying attention.
1: And they also just started uh, selling, what do you call it, the, the grill rotisserie. attachment? Rotisserie. No, 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 but it's not a rotisserie. It's the one that lifts and lowers the, yes. uh, the grill grates. Yes. There's a name for that. Yeah, no. I, don't, I
0: mean, if there's a name, I actually don't know it. But, okay. it's, uh... but they do have that.
1: That's cool. Bum, bum, bum. There you go. You can find La Cajacina on Instagram at La Cajachina BBQ Grills. That's at La Cajachina BBQ Grills. <laughs> Walk-in specials at their store, which, by the way, is at 73.95 West 18th Lane in beautiful Hialeah, Florida. Hialeah, Hialeah. Visit visit our friend Kush over there at Stevens Deli when you go. There you go. So, again, like LaCajacina.com. Roast your pigs in it. And then post your pictures and tag... La Cajacina BBQ Grills. Yeah, and tag Pancon
0: Podcast too. Tell them we sent you. Tell them that we sent you, that this paid-for advertisement
1: actually fucking works. Tell them Blue Ribbon Chili winner <laughs> Michael Beltran <laughs> sent you to La Cajacina BBQ Grills. Bang bang bang. Okay, so Mike, I'm going to ask you a lot of dumb questions, as you put it. Can't wait. Uh, so it's been a week. Take me through uh, what has this last week been like for you? Uh, I know there have been some changes. And uh, so walk me through when you made those changes and why. So I think, uh, and we talked about this off the air. This is the
0: plethora of dumb questions that people keep asking me because it's all like just so generic. Like, you know, what about your business has changed? Well, fucking everything has fucking changed. Not just one thing. Everything has fucking changed. I mean, there's not one thing that's the same that we did a week ago. Or two weeks ago or whatever, you know? So how did things begin to change? Well, a week and a half ago, we essentially told all of our hourly employees that they were on call, which then we ended up laying them all off. So that's one thing that's changed, right? That was like step one, right? Hourly employees, like how their lives changed. And in effect, when their life changes, our life changes because they are a huge part of what we do on a day-to-day basis and they are essentially the backbone of what makes every restaurant special. So we put all of our hourly employees on leave and then we ended up laying them all off. Um, and then we just had to get very creative. You know, Tuesday of last week was the last time that we did a dine-in service. We did, uh, I think Area did nine people and I think, um, Nave did 20 something like that. So all day we did 29 people. And then the next day, uh, directly the day after that, we had a large meeting with my entire uh, staff of uh, chefs and managers and stuff. And we just had to be incredibly creative. Um, We had to think about every single way uh, to generate some kind of revenue to keep the business above water. And it's really like it was shifting everything we had done in the past to be completely different and um i like i referred to it and i know because i i box for fun uh and i it's very similar to like just dodging a bunch of punches everything changes on a daily basis and you need to change with the times because if not you're gonna fucking fail and you're just gonna drown so in the last week uh everything about life has changed Um, not one thing is the same as it was before. Uh, our food is not the same. The focus every day is not the same. You know, right now we're fighting to find ways to bring back our hourly staff in any kind of capacity, you know, um, like from the first day, I I thought Chugs was going to do decently well. Um, you know, and it does, uh, okay. Considering the times, um, but it's really like that concept people feel very comfortable with. So we turn the entire front part of uh, the restaurant into a grocery store, which will launch tomorrow. And that's something I thought I would never do. You know, like I didn't think I was ever going to uh, try to open a grocery store, but I'm trying to fill a void and a need. And, you know, like when you go to the grocery store, you find majority, you know, uh, pretty much commodity produce and stuff like that. So we're just trying to uh, offer people... Something different. Uh, we also...
1: Now, you're... T- tell me first, uh, you said you never thought you would do that. It, right. Do you say that because it, in your mind it was a, a negative thing? Because you no, just no, no. I mean, I it? just... I mean, I'm not like... I didn't set out in my life to be like, I want to own a grocery it store. To be a grocery, yeah. You know, like, it's like very...
0: You know, life is cyclical, right? So, like, I worked at a Winn-Dixie when I was 13. I feel like I'm right back there. You know, but really, as we sat there every day, we had all these things that people needed, uh, which were... You know people need bread we we can make bread we make fresh bread you know people want comforting things like ice cream chef devin can make ice cream and our ice cream is amazing um uh people want to do things at home like cook pasta so we have all of our pasta that we make in house So now we're going to sell it by the pounds people want access to uh farm produce from homestead you know they want better things even in this time i think it's very important and not just that we need to continue to keep our local economy going, and you know, being involved with the farmers is huge for that. Because if not, we're going to stifle everything. Everything at the end of the day, when it comes to food, starts at the farm. You know, um, you know, uh, not everyone is a great cook, so we're creating like, you know, didn't you just buy one a veggie pack? Yep. Yeah, it's like you know. Um, you could do a mixed vegetable pack and it's like 13 bucks with all vegetables from Homestead. So it's like, it's just trying to be creative, right? And just by creating that one grocery thing, I was able to employ a couple more people that I, last week, I didn't have a job for.
1: Yeah. Um, Let, let's pause just because you sure. mentioned some of this. Talk a little bit about um, the sourcing of all that stuff because I know I saw some pictures that you put. I mean, you and I haven't spoken a whole lot in the right. last week, but talk about what that process was and what your yeah, thinking Yeah, I mean, Margie... Um, It's incredible right the way that life works because
0: uh three weeks ago people weren't thinking about their local farm and how to get good produce and people weren't thinking about their local butcher shop but right now i think people are uh turning to that more because they're not able to go to their like easy quick fix which is like a Publix or a Winn-Dixie or whatever that they have to go the extra step in order to find something that they really want, because it's, it, it, may not be at the store. So like, uh, babes, they're doing very well. Right. And Margie, she saw her CSA grow 30% in like a two week span, which is huge, you know? So basically I called her, I said, I wanted to go see her, you know, I, I go to see them a couple times a year and just, you know, what is it that you have too much of? Can we take some of this off your hands? Can we sell this? Can we use this inside, um, you know, on one of our pizzas or whatever? Like, so that way we can keep this thing going because that's part of who we are anyways. And just now because life is different doesn't mean that we're gonna stop. You know, we just, you need to bend. Like you need to be able to uh, to adjust to whatever situation you're in. Right now we're in a real fucked up situation, right? Um, no one has any money. Restaurants are not open. Uh, the ones that are open, you know, I talked to some people that are doing decently well. I talked to other people that they're not doing any fucking business and their business was doing extremely well. You know, so it, it's a real uh, it's a real fucked up time because three weeks ago you could have been fucking crushing it. You know, you working your ass off, putting out great food, great service. And then now we're all like, well, what the fuck do we do now? You know, so and, and this all goes back to what we talked about like a week ago, which is that there is no there's no like plan right now. We all we shut everything down with no fucking plan right so right now a lot of these people that own businesses are very creative on purpose you know like they've they've been successful because they are creative hey. and they're all continuing to be creative to keep their business afloat and to keep them going camila all day she's doing a grocery threefold is doing a grocery Uh, everyone's doing curbside and pickup and you know, like all those people, I think the one thing that's more, uh, evident than ever is that, and this is like, I got to go back to like yesterday and we spoke yesterday, right? When the shelter in place thing, Mm -hmm. like we're all sheltered in place already. Everything is, we're all already sheltered in place. So it's like for you to, it's, it's almost reckless for them to go out and make this statement. Cause then basically they're saying like, Oh no, you can't go pick up food either. So then, now they're going to depend on the third-party delivery system, right? Which they all take 35% of our revenue for whatever they sell it for. So, you know, 10 bucks, the restaurant only receives 7 So now the restaurant's going to be suffocate even more. So there's no plan. Again, they do more shit without a fucking plan, and it puts us in a bad situation. So we continue this trend of, like, we're just reactionary instead of being proactive, right? And we're reacting, and we're not thinking about what we're reacting to. And what they're reacting is... Is reckless. In some in some places, in some ways, it's reckless. Because shelter in place, what the fuck does that No one knows what the fuck that means. Like, I don't know what the fuck that means. So it means I can't go anywhere. It's the same thing like, area in Coconut Grove. This is for the people that aren't in Miami. there's an old Miami neighborhood. Right, it's in Coconut Grove. So the uh, the bid, uh, I forget what the fuck that means. But they sent out an email last night saying, Coconut Grove is under shelter in place. And then I respond to them. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Can you stop being reckless? Can you give people more guidelines of what that means? They can go pick up their fucking food if they want to. Like, you cannot just tell them that now you have to d- depend on delivery. Because now, all restaurants that are just trying to stay above water, now they're really going to fucking suffocate, and they're all going to real fucking close. Uh,
1: I, I will say... Go I, on. I, I think some of this is also a fault of uh, of local media. So, you and I were texting about it last night, and... Uh, the reports that I was reading, which were mainly from just because they were the first ones to come up in search when I was looking for it, mm-hmm. were from some of the local TV affiliates, like their website stories, right? Right. Uh, and their reporting on it was wording to the effect of like, you can uh, residents can still. Uh, Enseñame, uh,
0: Business Improvement District.
1: Yeah, got cool. it. Bit. So. So, uh, people can leave their their homes for businesses such as grocery uh-huh. That's how they reported it. When you actually look at the city's order, it specifies you can still do pickup and delivery restaurants. yes so part of the fault there is of local media being lazy and just in a situation where people actually need to be able to like you like what is your product for if it doesn't give me a clear sense of what this means uh-huh. I put a lot of the blame on local media there you're going to have a lot of confused. Residents in this conversation, consumers. How do ninety-five percent of the people get their information through media? Through right. media, okay, right. And and if it, yeah, nobody's reading Francis Suarez's full text of his order. Yes, they're, they're reading a story on it that's like five paragraphs long on WSVN and if that article shit, it impacts you, and it impacts them, and it impacts the economy. Correct. And so there's there's a lot of regulations going. I, I also think it's nuts that the city would issue that kind of order. And and not go the extra mile to make sure that you're clear, that residents are clear. Uh, there should have been more there. Yeah. And it, you know, but but there wasn't. So there's there's a lot of blame to go around. Is my point? Sure. Uh, let's uh, pause here because we do have some people asking questions. If you want to field some of these, uh-huh. so the Wolf of Kendall asks two questions. Number one, have you read the book Who Moved My Cheese? No, but it sounds like a book I'd like to read. So there's that. So your answer there, Wolf of Kendall, is no. Uh, his other question was, do you work with a local broadliner? Uh, like a Cisco or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know who the local ones would be, or but, but yeah, I guess that's...
0: Yeah, point. I mean, when I think of broadliner, I think of like Cheney, Cisco, things like that. Yeah, right. I mean, definitely.
1: Okay. So yeah. Uh, and then finally, not so cuda. This doesn't look like a question, but the problem is that Trump is still treating this as a small thing. If he treated the issue with more awareness we would be better off uh that's more of a whatever it's more of a comment but, okay uh i mean honestly i, I don't know th- that that may very well be true but it's not trump's fault the, f- the rollout of francis suarez's right. order and the media's coverage of it was garbage uh and then nano gluten-free is telling me that i'm 100 percent right on the media so thanks nano gluten-free Score. You've been vindicated. Yeah, that's Nick. one nice so, work. so far, we're one to nothing. I have one. You have zero. Great. Um, okay. So, uh, so that's that's the changes. You got the the stay where There's you are. There's more more changes. Yeah. Okay. There's more changes. I think like
0: you're seeing a, a group of people. When I say like the community that I live within, be forced to find any kind of which way to make money. Right. Which is both good and bad. I mean, people are really seeing like what they're made out of. Uh, and I think all at the same time, people are starting to see like how essential I think uh, the restaurant community really is to a city as a whole. And I think uh, long term, the long term effect of this, we're going to feel for a long time. I I do think that people need to um, kind of like understand something and I've said it like a million times and maybe I like what I really do is I really hope that I'm wrong. Which is right now, if we continue down the trend that we're living in, um the money people spending money on on food to go, take out whatever that shit's gonna stop. I do think it's gonna stop. I think if we continue to not have jobs and we continue to just not work, people are not gonna want to spend money on Getting a pizza or getting fritas or whatever it may be, um, so we need to be very smart with the money that we do have right now because it's not yep. like we're making any money right now. We're just trying to stay afloat, and I think long term, unless there's something that happens here long term, I don't know how long this is going to last. You know, and and I think it's just it's uh, there's a lot of like conversations happening, right? You know, and then also. Was something else that changed was, um, I don't know why this was such a big deal, but, like, prepackaged cocktails, right? Like, yeah. you couldn't uh, pre-batch your own cocktails and sell them. And I, I think that does make sense, right? Because, like, you don't know what the fuck people are putting in there. Um,
1: I mean, I, I, I understand that. But at the same time, if you're licensing somebody to serve me the cocktail for me to drink it right there, why would it be presumed that it's less safe for me to take it home?
0: That's true. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're at a restaurant, you know, and you're sitting at a bar, you're watching someone make you a drink. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's why they had an issue with the pre-batching of cocktails. Anyways, one day it was good, then the next day it wasn't good, and then someone got in trouble for doing it. And then it's just like a very – there's so much, like – so many people are saying things, but they're not, like – it's not definitive. There's no, like, one person saying, like, this is actually correct and this one's not actually correct. Um I feel very fortunate that there's a couple people in our community that are like lawyers that have nothing to do with food. They just like food, right? Lawyers, insurance people, and we all know who they are and you know who you are, that sit there and are giving people like free advice every single day, read this document, read this part of this document. I think that's another thing, too, that's changing is people are understanding more of this back-end paperwork thing that they, they didn't know before, right? Like... Uh, Andy, which we all know, yeah. he created a whole website that gives you all the information you need for insurance things that are going on right now. I mean, that's amazing.
1: Where can you find that? You know,
0: uh, I get a, well, I'll look we'll, we'll put I'll a look link in the, the description I'll, of this episode. We'll do that. Yeah. And, um, just giving people free advice every day when there's new things that are dropping, he's saying, look, I added this, everyone go look at this. Like, you know, now because of the whole third party de- delivery platform and how that is really a terrible, terrible thing to use. Do not use Uber Eats. Do not use Postmates. It's not good for the restaurant. Now there's been an insurance function that says you can insure someone to drive something, and it's a lot cheaper than it was three weeks ago. I don't know why all of a sudden now they did that. They should have done it before, but you know now
1: it's like a thing. So You, you hope, hope that, that stays with us, that it's not just a temporary. I hope that it stays yeah. with us, yeah.
0: I mean, um, yeah. See, lots of confusion and no clear rules, someone says here, which is absolutely factual. Like, there's lots of confusion.
1: Um, the thing is that I, I think, uh, you know, and, and yes, that's true, and the communication is, is leaves uh, more to be desired than you could even put into words. Right. But, but at the same time, part of the issue is if you have, let's suppose that every rule is crystal clear, and they communicate it in the perfect way. Hmm. If there are a million fucking rules, you're never going to be clear on them. Okay. So if there are too many rules you can't you can't keep track of it which is That's why true. which is why big companies and you know frankly as far as i'm concerned i don't fault them but the more people you have the more you can afford for one of those people's full-time job to be to keep track of the rules yes so but if there are too many rules then yeah it's it's it, they've they've essentially whether this was the intention or not a trap has been built for you and you're going to hit the wrong part of that trap at some point if you're around for long enough you're gonna do something that's illegal. Every, yes. You can't leave your house in the morning and come back to your home at night without committing a crime. Well, we somewhere all technically
0: in did something illegal today.
1: I'm not sheltering
0: in place right now. This is not my fucking house. It's your house, so I broke the ah, rules, But you're not in the
1: city of Miami. Ah, vite. yeah. And besides, I'm sorry. Bankom podcast is essential. <laughs> I guess so. And you delivered food. I did deliver you food. You delivered food. You're this right, was the loophole. I did. I did deliver food today. And you're approximately 24 feet away from me right now. <laughs> no, that's, that's also <laughs> not true at all. I just... It's... um.
0: There's, there's like no... There's no clear-cut anything right now. And it's like every day, thinking of a new way to essentially make some kind of money to keep us afloat yeah. is... My entire uh, job And the job of so many other people Out there right now Trying to keep their business afloat right now Because I know a lot of people Like me Are like liquidating their wine inventory Right? Eventually yeah. it's going to be liquidated Yeah And you're not going to have anything left So then you're going to be stuck With just your food sales
1: H- Have you guys uh, are, you're, are you doing delivery on your own or no? You don't have any of your no, staff no. Delivering food No Have you Thought is, about is it? Is that something yes. you thought about? Yes And how, Just today How much of the thinking there Is changed by DeSantis uh, rolling back at least temporarily the restrictions on delivering alcohol
0: um none
1: really none okay
0: no uh, the alcohol portion none i mean it always has to do with food and always has to do with the insurance part of like delivering your own food yeah. or delivering anything on your own um i will say that you know the grove uh coconut grove they did change their um the, you know those freebie things? They change those to like delivery inside of Coconut Grove, which I thought was okay. a good idea. The freebies,
1: are, it's like a little uh, like golf cart. Yeah, it's
0: like, you know, basically it's like your own free like Uber. Like, you know, if you live within this parameter, they'll pick you up and they'll take you somewhere within the yeah, city it's like of a little Coconut local Grove. golf cart taxi. They change that to like a delivery. It hasn't really gotten on the way that it should just because people are very comfortable with using Uber. And people don't know how terrible it really is. They just don't understand how terrible it really is. And li- listen... I'm not I'm not the person that's gonna say that now Uber should be doing something that they haven't set themselves up to do forever. They've been th- forever we knew that they were terrible. Forever we knew who they were. Forever they we knew that they're not part of our community. They're not my fucking friend. I have no idea who the fuck they are. They got a bunch of fucking schmucks that work for them that every week it's a different representative for the community because they suck. Right? They're not gonna change they're not gonna suck less now. Now they're gonna suck less because the world's coming to an end. Listen, we all know that they lose money, right? Uber, as a company, loses yeah. money, right? Billions. All they're doing is creating technology that they eventually want to sell one day. I don't know shit about shit, but from my understanding, yeah. that's what they're doing. So how they make some money back
1: is Uber Eats. Yeah, and and part of that, again, this is me editorializing. Oh. Word, Editor- of, ah. word of the day.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Nick, if you don't know what the word editorialized means, you look it up, and there's a picture of Nick Jimenez <laughs> right next to it.
1: Yes, because I'm the half of this conversation that brings the opinion. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, Part of that is also, again, government getting in the way in a less direct way. But the more obstacles you put for Uber to be profitable on the driving passenger passenger side, the more they have to look to things like hiking prices or setting exorbitant prices for restaurants to drive your food around. Right. So, you know, but Uber does lose, like, literally billions of dollars every quarter. Not every year, every quarter they yes. lose billions of dollars. So they, they can't be expected to... Lower their prices that much? No, at not least even not, that. At they least, don't care to. At least, but but why? But how could they? That's the thing. It's it's it, it's not. If you were losing money and somebody came to you and said your product is too expensive, lower the prices. You'd be like, go well, fuck yourself. That's mm-hmm. what your answer would be. Like, who the fuck are you to tell me that I should lose more money than I'm losing? Well, I think that the the truth and the only
0: way to take the power away from these people that have created this essentially like what people are saying. A lot of restaurant owners say this is the partner I never wanted. But it's also the partner that you brought in.
1: Uh, yes. You brought him in. How much of an effort, just uh, to, to stay on this topic, uh-huh. and this really could be like its own episode, so let's 100%. not spend too much time on it. Uh, have, are you aware of any effort to, uh, for lack of a better word, collectively bargain? Like, have you been approached by other restaurant owners to say, hey, let's stop I mean, it's, dealing it's, with these it's people? It's
0: fear, right? So it's fear. And it's, and it's fear that I understand. Of course. Because there's restaurants, like for instance, let's say you're a pizza place. You're a pizza place and you sell your pies on Uber for 17 bucks, right? So good pizza, great pizza, whatever it may be. The cost on the pizza is very low, okay? So the fact that they're taking 30% of the $17, you're still making, you know, your cost on the pizza is probably 30% at that point. So you're still making a good amount of money. So if I go to that person, the pizza owner, but they're selling 100 pies a day and they're making $11 from that, they're making 1100 bucks, for them, they just see the $1,100. They're not looking at that portion of the money that they're losing, right? Which is right. six or seven bucks. Because to them, they built the model, so they're making money after the money that, they, that they're that they losing to Uber anyways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You feel me? I feel you. It's the other people, the ones that have a higher food cost, and maybe their food isn't built for things like delivery. Like, for instance, like, Ariette is not built for delivery. Nave is not built for delivery, so we do not do that. Like, the, the you're not going to, I mean, a venison is going to be good regardless, but the venison with sauce Diane is not going to be the same experience out of a plastic box as it is going to be on a plate in the restaurant the way that I want you to experience it. Totally. So it's like, I didn't set that function up. Like, my food cost at that point would be crazy if I was losing 35%. But then then, then there's the other way of doing it, which is I'm going to raise my prices 30%. So now market perception is you're fucking expensive because some people have never heard of you before, but they're looking at you on this app and they're scrolling through the set like next to Denny's. Yeah, next to Denny's saying, you know, this fucking venison's 45 bucks. Bingo. It's really not $45. But you've never been to the restaurant know that it's not 45 bucks. You know, so, but then you go to those people and you say, listen, we should all get together and say- These people being other restaurants. Other restaurants. Fuck these guys. We're not going to fucking use them. I don't want to use them. They're a bunch of fucking dirtbags. They're taking money from us. You know, obviously, very animated, right? Yeah. And all they see is the fact that they're not going to make $1,100. Eleven hundred $1,100. bucks. They're, they are not thinking about the or $600. Ducks. Whatever. They're not thinking about the $600 they could be making. You understand? Because they build it, so they're still making money off the $1,100.
1: No, I get it. I, I okay. get that 100%. But it, it's like, but that's at that point it's that hard becomes, to go and collectively of course, bargain for this. Of course, but that is a failing of these restaurateurs it's not uber's failing if if uber's in a position where people are giving them their money when was the last time you told somebody no man i don't don't give me your money you should be paying me less i i
0: understand what you're saying i'm not disagreeing with you i'm what i'm saying is we let the snake in we can't expect the snake now to be like you know what i want to be a nice guy
1: we can't expect that i i just think that it's misdiagnosing the problem to even refer to them as snakes why because you let you let it in it's you, what you let in was a dog you let in a dog that you couldn't afford uh huh it's not a bad dog it just came in because you left the door open and there's bacon all over the floor it's a bad analogy. Kick the dog it's a out of your house. It's the a dog, terrible analogy. You don't analogy. have to hate the dog. No,
0: it's a terrible... Because people are seeing it as a necessary evil because everyone... like but Let's, say, let's people, go back six months are ago. Because those go people back, are wrong. Go back six months ago. Go back six months ago when the corona didn't exist. COVID-19 right. was not a thing. Right. It probably existed, but we didn't know about it. Nothing happened, right? Everyone was just scraping to try to create, to make more money, right? And they were like, this is a necessary evil that we have to do, that we have to have, right? That's what they're saying even though i don't believe that that's the case i believe that you don't need them and then the better part is that they know that they're snakes and they're saying listen it's just like open table open table is another one that's a fucking snake too because those guys whether people and people don't know this right people have no idea but open table every time you make a reservation through their system online they charge you a dollar if you're an op- oh yeah if you're an open table member right and you want to get a prime time slot and the restaurant is suffering trying to create business they'll give you slots they want to fill They'll say you'll get extra points on your open table membership, which I don't know what the fuck that means either. They charge the restaurant eight dollars per person at that point. So open table that's made money, like millions and millions of dollars off of all of our work for years. Do you know what they sent? What they sent out to the world when all this happened at the beginning? We've noticed a large amount of cancellations. You guys should buy gift cards. Gift cards are a huge liability. I don't know if people want to understand that, but right now, yes, you're putting cash in your pocket, but long term. It's a huge liability so let's, for you. So
1: let's let's make this a segue because I've okay. also seen, and we've sort of shifted away from. Do we want to? Let's just give up on talking about the changes with your restaurant because we've sure. we've kind of covered them. You you got the bodega thing going on. You're sourcing from local uh, uh, farmers, all that stuff. Sure. So and that is a thing that I think other people should look into if they haven't already. Would you agree? Yes. Look into it. What are we looking into? Uh, do, following this bodega model, like finding oh. other ways to repurpose the goods that you're already sourcing. Yes. Okay. So. Yes. Okay. So we've talked Uber. Open table, uh, talk about this gift card thing because I've seen a lot of restaurant owners and others. I don't know. Do treat you know the who, gift card thing like like this is the campaign to follow to keep the not, restaurants it's, alive.
0: It, it's not. It's nice. It's a nice thing, right? But long term, unless you're a really big restaurant, it's a liability. Because yes. I think the the metric on it is like twenty to thirty five percent of the people don't redeem their gift card within the time frame that they're supposed to, right? Which is like you're given a gift card and it's like uh yeah, um,
1: and after that it's as good as cash, basically.
0: Right. For what you paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. But now we're all gonna be in a very cash strapped position. So we're all just like give us cash however you can. But long term when we reopen, if you've if you divvied out twenty thousand dollars in gift cards, they're gonna come redeem those things.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Pause. Two important questions here. Shoot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this. No, nah, it's Mike. fine. It's okay. Salsera Chef. Hey, uh, Salsera. 26. This is the uh, the teacher who we're trying to set up. Uh, obviously, it's not gonna happen right now, but uh, the field trip with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she is the uh, the culinary arts teacher at Sunset Miami High. Yes. Uh, her, Doing great work. She, work. she also has a family. She also has a family business it's. that makes sangria, and she'd like to know if we want some sent to us. Sure. Please. Send right now, sangria. I
0: need all the fucking alcohol get <laughs>
1: So there you go. There's your answer on that. Uh, Deandra, who was in our last episode, would like to know whether we are six feet apart. We are not. We are not. We were six feet apart, and then... Uh, I moved closer. You moved closer. I did, I did. Yeah. He's very yeah. uncomfortable being far away from me.
0: It's That's not the thing. It's, if you were to look at the floor here, <laughs> Nick on, we'll built get, a terrible we'll get, floor, <laughs> so you cannot sit... I didn't... You this cannot was, sit and then not get stunk, it stuck into the floor. We're obviously going to okay, edit but this shit you, out. But you could have been yeah. all the way over there.
1: I could have. You're right. Yeah. You just want to be close to me. Don't, I don't, don't hide it. don't at all don't want to hide be it, to Mike.
0: You. The gift card liability. Yes. If anyone, uh, if nobody knows who Nick Kokonis is, you know who this is? Uh,
1: the name rings a bell, but I'm blanking. He
0: is right. uh, the owner and partner of the Alinea Group, the Alinea yes. Hospitality yes, Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you've read the book, you know the story with him and Grant. Grant Atkins, which is one of the most influential chefs ever on the face of the planet. If you don't have the Twitter, I... I Feel like now is a good time to get on the Twitter. You have a Twitter machine. I have a Twitter machine. I. That's where I get a lot of my news. That's why a lot of my news is bad. So he is very active on Twitter in telling people uh, pros and cons of certain things business wise. Now, the one thing to remember about Nick Kakonis is that he also owns a model of a restaurant that is essentially four to five hundred dollars per person to dine at. So it's a very different experience. Now they have other. Restaurants too, Royster, Aviary, not all of them are Alinea, but the Alinea model is you're paying 400 bucks to eat there. So they could have more capital than we do. There's a good chance that they do. They're also, also booked six months ahead of time. Not only that, Nick Kakonis has, uh, he has done away with Open Table because he saw how devious they were and created his own. But again, the demand is so high that he can do that. You know, area, the demand. I wish the demand was that high to dine there, but it's not. So I can't create my own reservation system in order to subvert the fees that open table I have to live with. But
1: anyways... Somewhere there's an out-of-work software developer who should... Uh... No, but he,
0: you know, like Talk, his system is great, you know, but the problem is, is that table has got 25 years behind them, 20, 25 years of operating. So they obviously have a platform that's much bigger than everyone else's. So I go to you. You ever heard a talk? You? No. Exactly. That's the problem. You heard of OpenTable? Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. OpenTable's even got, like, widgets. On there, so you could send people, like, a widget right, or whatever when, on a text. Yeah, like, but I,
1: I, I will say, so I, I understand that there's a competitive advantage with OpenTable. However, unlike, let's say, like, a search engine or certain other things that are themselves the end product, mm-hmm. if you switch to a platform I'd never heard of... Mm-hmm. And it was on your website. I would just use that, you know. That's like, I, you're like, a, I you're a loyal I customer. No, I'm not that loyal. <laughs> Whatever. You're pretty loyal. No, no, no. But it, like, honestly, like I've I've made reservations at restaurants that I didn't, you know, know the people behind them, or that I wasn't from the place. You know, like, that who I had uses no connection. talk the Surf Club. Okay, so there, there you go. Know. Or a Thomas Keller restaurant, and they it, it works for them. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I've used it to go there. So you yeah. know,
0: I, there's it's it's basically like a a prepaid system. Yeah. It's like you're buying a ticket to a show. You know what I mean? So like when I went to Alinea, I had to prepay for a reservation that I got that was four months from when I made it. You know what I mean? Uh So that that way they guarantee themselves money. Now, obviously, because of everything that's going on, I'm pretty sure they had to refund people lots of money, but they still have more money than, uh, you know, we do, I would say. But anyways, he goes into the specifics of why the gift card thing is bad. And it's basically the long term liability of, you know, the cash that you're just using to survive right now eventually down the road, you're going to need that to reopen your business and to become, you know, uh, stable long-term because we are not going to be stable. Like when we reopen in two months, a month, whatever, like we're all going to be hampering for cash and we're all going to be much slower than we are, than we were when we closed. I mean, it's like, um, yes. Um, but like he makes great sense and it, 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 Initially, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's sell gift cards. And then after I read that, I was like, fuck no, I'm concerned. So, like, we don't push the gift card thing a lot. There are some people that push it, and I understand why they push it, because they, everyone is, it needs to create some kind of cash flow right now, right? It's like the long term, we're going to need cash flow then, too, because at that point, we're going to have full payrolls, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have uh, full food inventory. We're going to have full everything, but then there's not going to be any cash to back it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, there's pros and cons. the pro I understand the con I understand I understand them both. There's no good and bad here. It, it's like it's just the lesser of two evils. You either have no cash now or no cash later. Which one would you rather? Right. So that's it. That's the gift card thing.
1: That's the gift card thing. Yeah. Um. What hey, have you? Many. W- what have you seen outside of? And I know that you've had limited bandwidth to like even be aware of what's going on outside of your restaurants, but uh, in the we talked the last time that we did a podcast with you um, that you had been in some communication with other people in the restaurant yes, business. Yes, lots of
0: communication. Any
1: ideas that have been floated around, even if it didn't work for you, that sounded like that's interesting?
0: No, I mean, I think a lot of people are trending towards the same direction. Like, how do we make it easier for people to buy food from us, whether it be from, like, a, a grocery function, uh, prepare, prepared food that you can cook at home function, Everyone is, like, taking their model and, and, like, turning it upside down. I mean, you know, when you have, like, places like Manresa on on the West Coast saying that you can, you know, feed your family of four, that's crazy. I mean, you're talking about, like, one of the uh, highest dining experiences in the world, and they're like, here, we want to feed you for a family of four. Like, it's weird. Alinea, too. You know, Alinea is doing um, packages for four. Locally, I mean, restaurants like Alter changed their entire concept to a barbecue concept, you know? Um it just, everyone is reinventing themselves. And, you know, the, the one thing I love about food and beverage and I always have is the vast majority of personalities you have and, like, capabilities that people have and the creativity that they have. And you're really seeing it all now. Just like, you know, Brad changing his entire concept from being um, a higher-end fine dining to being a barbecue concept so people can pick it up and go. I mean, all the food looks fucking delicious. So, yeah, people are going to go and they're going to buy it, yep. you know. and it just shows also the community wanting to support each other. I mean, it, there's a lot of that, you know. Boya Day, which is a newer restaurant that they did Italian food. They're still doing an Italian-ish food. But I went and I bought food for my entire staff. And, uh, you know, it was like fried chicken sandwiches and tremazinis and salads and, you know, stuff, whatever. Uh, Neven is basically doing like a grocery thing in front of Ghee with all the produce that he grows, you know, like – people are, are adapting and they're becoming as creative as, as as they can so they can make it through this cuz we don't know when this ends which is an important thing to note we don't know when it ends so um, to say to say that you know people are making money right now it's a tough statement where no yeah. one's making money right now they're just surviving and then cuz I really do believe that uh, this is going to end eventually because people are going to run out of fucking money.
1: Yep. So anyways. All right. So we are maybe like 30, 40 minutes in. Uh, is yeah. there anything we haven't touched on that you want to get into before we wrap this particular episode up? Um, I had a situation. Okay.
0: I was at a friend of mine's uh, establishment and
1: um, he had put up a sign. Oh, we talked about this. Did we? Jason. Yeah, yeah, He talked about it. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can say who it is in the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It was okay. already de- but he told us that he only found out about it after you told him. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what happened in the parking lot? Right.
0: So, well, I'm glad
1: that he said that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't want to, like, put it all out there. But, yeah, so, um, you know, I was kind of, like, doing a round early morning. And I went to El Bagel, and I bought a coffee, and I went somewhere else to see how they were doing. And they were actually closed. Which I went to Vice City, and they just paused operations for now. And then I was like, you know, fuck it, let me just go get a sandwich at Babe's. And then, you know, there's like a little line there and um, he's got a sign on the front that says only two people at a time. Which in today's climate is understandable. There's rules now. There's that there was actually a restaurant in Coconut Grove that got shut down because they had too many people inside of it.
1: It's also a pretty small place, so it's not it, it doesn't even feel
0: unreasonable when you're there. Absolutely, and I totally agree with that. The restaurant that did get shut down is massive, but they shouldn't have had anyone in there to begin with. Yeah. Um, and anyways, some fucking little schmuck opens the door, and he starts giving Jason some lip service, right? Just like, hey, man. He's just like, can you, sir, can you wait? You know, there's only two people at a time. And the kid keeps on, like, fucking jabbing at the mouth, and he closes the door. I'm like, dude, could you fucking relax? Like, who the fuck are you? Why don't you fucking thank this guy for just being open, to be able to fucking serve you food? Like, Instead of being a fucking schmuck, why don't you have a little bit of decency and understand that what we're going through right now, collectively, is changing everything. So whatever you did yesterday is going to be different today. You know what I mean? So just because you're an entitled little rich fuck from I don't know where doesn't mean that you can go in there and fucking treat this guy however the fuck you want because that's not how this shit works now. The guy's got rules. And the rules now, if he doesn't follow those fucking rules, he can get shut down. Like I would have gotten that kid's fucking package thrown in his face telling him to never come back. But Jason's a much nicer person than me, I guess. He is. Good. So, like, yeah. You know, like, that, the only thing I would say is that people need to, um, they need to have a little decency. Like, we're all kind of, like, learning how this is supposed to go. You know, like, we had a couple instances at Chugs because we have the same system now. The front of Chugs is bigger than the front of Babes. So people want to walk in there and they want to sit down. You can't sit down. We actually, we took that one bench that was uncomfortable anyways. We took it out. Yeah. Can't sit there anymore. You know, well, that's where we have the grocery now anyways. But it's like times are changing and people need to be a little more understanding of that. On the good side of that whole experience, when I was able to walk into the shop, one of my cooks was there working and I was just so happy to see him working because i know that like these guys you know like everyone's out of work and you know like jason is he's you know going through a very like different time you know they're busy and he's trying to figure it all out and then alex which is one of my cooks great fucking kid worked super hard like to tell that guy i didn't have any work for him broke my fucking heart when i walked in there and saw him i was so happy and emotional and then he said that he uh it was like dad just walked in i told him to go fuck himself because i'm not that old much older than him but it was like you was, look old as fuck though. fuck you it's just it was very good to see you know like um but that's that whole story
1: have a little decency yeah people all right so with that on that note of have a little decency it sounded angry but it's a good message so i'm gonna say that's a high note uh we're gonna yeah. wrap up this episode of the podcast um before we do all of our plugging and whatever, uh, I want to give a, a shout out to Deandra from Yelp's mom. <laughs> uh, Deandra from Yelp's mom uh, oh. got a got a link to our last uh, our last episode that Deandra Lamas was on, and sent it around to her department at her job confused, telling everybody that this was her daughter's podcast Ah, and that she would be continuing to publish them. So congratulations to Deandra's mom on her hostile takeover of Pancong Podcast. Pan Podcast with Deandra Lamas and Co. We look forward to reporting directly to Deandra and her mom. I'd like Uh, to say
0: Deandra's mom also cooked my entire staff dinner. Hey, now. Chili. Nice.
1: Delicious. It was good? It was amazing. Excellent. Thank you for that. Okay, but stop right. making that chili. We gotta have Chugs eating. <laughs> Chug people eat. <eating. laughs> uh, all right. So um, as always, you can find Mike at Pig Inc. P i g i n c on all the social media things. Go over there for all of his hot takes. Also, if you're in the area, uh, patronat. Go go be a be a customer. Be a customer of, of Mike's things or other people's things. Just uh, you know, go. Everyone eat stuff. that's like local and a thing, and
0: you well, know, people just, got a thing. You know. Just, I don't just know. do it. Just there's do like it. no, uh, you should do this. I no, don't. Fuck
1: I about. would say I, I would say this because I, I don't think that it's fair to say you should do this because everybody's going to be strapped for cash pretty soon. But I will say, don't let the idea that you can't uh, get product be what stops you. Get in yeah. touch with the business if it's something that you want to do. Yeah. Don't don't just make the assumption that you can't because chances are pretty good that there's a way to work with the people you want to work with, and so. I get, can I go? Yeah, things? So, like,
0: I say it all the time because obviously I'm very opinionated, which is fine, and I'm not always right, which is great. A closed mouth does not get fed, right? I think people need to speak up right now about what they need, what they think. How can people better help their business? How can you, as a business owner, get out and like? be a part of the community and be there for the community more and just have a louder voice. Like some of the biggest things that changed my life forever were like when I stopped living in a bubble and just like thinking too much. And I just spoke more about what I believed in. And I think you get more on the other end of that. You know, there's a lot of super passionate people in this community that are doing some amazing things And don't just think of, like, the names. Like, you know, there's 10 or 15 names out there that are big. There's smaller places, too, that need your support and that need things. You know, like, I love going to Babes and seeing them busy. You know, I wish people would have understood how important they were six months ago. It just doesn't take a fucking tragedy to understand how
1: important they are. You know, um, I think that's, like, the gist of it all. I think uh, sort of to, to your point about people not realizing certain things, and this is for a discussion for another episode sure. way into the future, but I, I think that for better or for worse, this isn't an optimistic or a pessimistic statement. This is going to change, at least in Miami, because Miami is not a place that was built for what people are trying to do right now. Hmm. This is going to change the way neighborhoods look in this town. Uh, it's going to change the way people engage with their neighborhood, especially if some of the changes that restaurants are making become permanent. Yeah. Um uh, so uh just something, you know, food for thoughts and then to chew on and whatever. Uh so you can find us on all the social media things at Pankong Podcast. Uh Pankong Podcast episodes are available at dade mag slash podcast. Send us any feedback you might have at Pankong Podcast at DadeMag Uh you can support what we're doing on Patreon for as little as a buck a month at patreon.com slash dade mag that gets you some exclusive content and also puts you uh, in some random giveaways. We're going to be giving away a whole bunch of signed books by Norman Van Aken. Um, which we all now have time to read. Which we all now have time to read and cook along with in the whole thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, wash your hands. Uh, stay I, farther away from people than Mike is from me right now. Yeah, uh, we also... Um, Locally, some of the chefs locally
0: and a local guy started an employee relief fund, which I think now is something at like $60,000 raised in a week, which is incredible. Um, That's going to, you know, all the food and beverage employees that have been laid off in the last week or so. And basically they apply for a grant um, uh, and, you know, they verify their employment. And they get a check for two hundred fifty bucks. Yep. I mean, anything right now is like of a, a great help, and I think these guys have done an amazing job um, at really putting this thing together and you know making an impact, whether large or small or whatever. They really showed that together they can uh, accomplish a bunch. Um, so I, I think we should add a link to that somewhere. For sure.
1: Yeah. It'll it'll be in the in the description on yeah. the, on the episode page for this episode. Uh, so with that. Uh, we already gave you all the plugs. Last but not least, follow Petey the Dog at P-E-A-T-Y the Dog on yeah. Instagram. Petey the Dog is hard at work uh, orchestrating this whole podcast Nothing. effort right, right here. Uh, so yeah. That's uh, that's it. Thanks. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Total paper, of the town, of the city paper. Total paper, of the town, of the city paper. Total paper, of the town, of the city paper. Total paper, of the town, of the city paper. Total paper, of the town, of the city paper.